Hello, you're listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. We are a general interest independent bookstore located in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. This year, because of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had to close our store and cancel in-person events. But Skylight is your neighborhood bookstore, and we are finding ways to create community even while we're far apart. In the coming weeks, we'll be putting out lots of new audio content to help you discover new books, connect with authors, and check in with your favorite booksellers. To learn more about how you can help keep Skylight alive, please visit our website at skylightbooks.com or check out our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to Skylit. This is the Skylight Books podcast series, and I'm your host, Maddie Gobo, the events manager here at Skylight Books. Um, You may hear my voice is a little bit muffled today. I am in the store. I am wearing two masks. I am packaging packages. Um, So, uh, you know, I'm going to be kind of hanging out in the background today and let our fabulous guests kind of throw a little audio party for you um, while I am, you know, being my little worker elf self. Um, but I am, I'm so glad to have, we have a star-studded lineup all celebrating uh, Rich Ferguson's new book, which is called Everything is Radiant Between the Hates. And Rich Ferguson is going to be in conversation today with Heather Woodbury, J. Ryan Stradle, and Gail Brandeis. Um, I will tell you a little bit more about them in just a second. But first, I wanted to say a few words about the store. So we've been closed for a couple of weeks and we're reopening to in-store browsing on Wednesday, February 10th. So um, we will be reopening. If you wear a mask, you sanitize your hands, you do all that good stuff, we will let you in to touch the books. Um, So (laughs) be good and and you'll get to uh, be shopping here at Skylight again very soon. All right, so without further ado, I will introduce our featured guest today. Pushcart Prize-nominated poet Rich Ferguson has shared the stage with Patti Smith, Wanda Coleman, Bob Holman, Moby, and other esteemed poets and musicians. Ferguson has been selected by the National Beat Poetry Foundation to serve as the State of California Beat Poet Laureate. Woo! Yeah, everybody's cheering. (laughs) He is a featured performer in the film What About Me, featuring Michael Stipe, Michael Franti, Katie Lang, and others. His poetry and award-winning spoken word music videos have been widely anthologized, and he was a winner in Opium Magazine's Literary Deathmatch LA. He is the author of the poetry collection, Eighth and Agony, and the novel, New Jersey Me. Ferguson's newest poetry collection, Everything is Radiant Between the Hates, is available now on Moontide Press. That's right, bark about it. It's very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and in conversation with Rich today, we have Heather Woodbury, Heather Woodbury is a writer-performer known for her unique novel-sized serial performances. Critically distinguished in the New York Times, the Chicago Sun-Times, and on NPR, her performances capture the pulse of people living their lives in the sweep of history. In addition to numerous stage productions in the US and Europe, her works are published as novels and broadcast as podcasts and radio plays, all the different media for your enjoyment. Oscar-nominated director Deborah Granick is adapting her episodic drama as the globe warms as a multi-actor actor production. 
She is currently at work on My Year of Living Outlandishly, a fan site fictive memoir. All right, and another guest today, we have such a great lineup. J. Ryan Stradle is the author of New York Times bestseller, Kitchens of the Great Midwest, which you may have celebrated here in person at Skylight back when we did those events in person. And national bestseller, The Lager Queen of Minnesota. His debut, Kitchens of the Great Midwest, has been translated into 12 languages and also won the American Booksellers Association Indie Choice Awards for adult debut book of the year. It's delicious, it's delightful, you should get a copy. Um, it also won the Southern California Independent Booksellers Association Award for Fiction and the Midwest Booksellers Choice Award for Debut Fiction. I mean, when you've got three different regional bookseller associations <laughs> loving up on your book, you know it's good. The Logger Queen of Minnesota, his second novel, was an instant bestseller, won the 2020 Willa Award for the year's best contemporary fiction, and was a finalist for the 2020 Heartland Booksellers Award. His shorter writing has appeared in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, The Guardian, Granta, Hobart, The Rumpus, and the Los Angeles Review of Books. Born and raised in Minnesota, he now lives in California with his family, where he enjoys sports, wine, craft beer, and peas. Oh, tell us more <laughs> about the peas, J. Ryan. <laughs> All right, and last but certainly not least is Gail Brandeis. Gail Brandeis is the author most recently of the memoir, The Art of Misdiagnosis, and the novel and poems, Many Restless Concerns. Earlier books include the poetry collection, The Selfless Bliss of the Body, the craft book, Fruit Flesh, Fruit Flesh, ooh, good title, Seeds of Inspiration for Women Who Write, and the novels The Book of Dead Birds, which won the Bellwether Prize for Fiction of Social Engagement, judged by Barbara Kingsolver, Toni Morrison, and Maxine Hung Kingston, Self Storage, Delta Girls, and My Life with the Lincolns, which was chosen as a statewide read in Wisconsin. Her poetry, essays, and short fiction have been widely published in places such as the New York Times, the Washington Post, O Oprah Magazine, The Rumpus, Salon, Longreads, and more and have received numerous honors, including a Barbara Mandingo Kelly Peace Poetry Award, Notable Essays and Best American Essays 2016, 2019, and 2020, the QPB Story Magazine Short Story Award, and the 2018 Multi-Genre Maverick Writer Award. She served as Inlandia Literary Laureate from 2012 to 2014, and currently teaches at Sierra Nevada University in Antioch University, Los Angeles. All right, everybody. Wow, I had to take a lot of breaths. You've all had incredible publications and awards, and I'm so happy to have you all here. Rich, Heather, Jay Ryan, and Gail, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to say real quick before Heather, before you kick things up, uh, first of all, uh, uh, thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Skylight Books, for helping to put this together. Thank you, Heather, Jay Ryan, Gail, for celebrating this event with me those bios are so amazing maybe we should just wrap things up right now it's like <laughs> thank you good night you know um, but anyway yeah so yeah. thank you take it yeah. away yeah thank you uh maddie um i love skylight and i feel like we are all virtually assembled uh at skylight and uh yeah we could just read the bios in different um spoken word poet styles you know <laughs> yeah. we could we could do the beat version the hip-hop version and that's all we have to do but anyway um thank you rich for um making this occasion and for writing your beautiful book of poetry and um first off i just like to go to the volume and how you came to that uh volume of poetry and um perhaps you can just uh let us know how you first sort of um came to the, the the first poems that you wrote in the volume and then you could um then we could go on and and yeah. i under i understand that 
um, the later poems were actually sort of added in because it was going to be published in September and then was postponed into January. So, so I just like to know about um, you know sort of how you how you met those poems and yeah yeah what that and was like. Actually, this is something maybe we can kind of put a pin in, so to say, and you all can talk about this later. Like when you feel something, a piece of writing is actually ready. Uh, I actually started writing a number of these poems after I had released Eighth and Agony. So that's going back about six years or something. And it went through, the collection went through different phases where I thought, it's ready. And then it was like, no, it's not ready. It still needs to percolate. I, I don't really feel like it's ready yet. And I kind of gave different versions of the manuscript to different people to look at and was just like, yeah, I need to keep chiseling away at this. And eventually I found out that my publisher, Eric Morago at Moontide also did freelance editing. And I thought, oh, this is killing two birds with one stone. I can present it to him as an editor and get some editorial feedback, but also see what he as a publisher would think of it as well. And so, you know, he, he was a great editor and gave me some wonderful notes. And then I kind of went fishing and I said, you know, can you think of any publishers that would be interested in something like this? And he said, well, I'd be reticent to recommend any other publishers because I would like to publish it myself. So I was like, yes. <laughs> my work here is done. No, but actually my work wasn't done because then, uh, you know, it went through another round and, you know, Jay Ryan can talk about this later because he's currently doing notes and stuff for his next novel. But Eric and I went through different rounds of where I started shifting poems around and, you know, just looking how different poems set against one another, creating different sections. Mm -hmm. And originally we were going to release it in 2020 of last year. And, you know, we know, you know, what a dumpster fire that all was. Mm -hmm. And then Eric was like, oh, I, you know, we're getting delayed. We might have to push it to October. And I was like, okay, you know, and then as you know, he's like, ah, it's looking like the end of October. And at that point I was like, you know what, we're getting closer to November. And like, if we even try to release this around the election, it's just, there is so much noise going on with the election. I was just like, let's scrap it. Let's wait till 2021. It's a new year. Let's just start off fresh. And he was totally up for it. He's like, you know what? It'll be my first release in 2021. That's a great idea. But to address your other uh, point, Heather, that luxury of time also gave me a chance to add some new poems to the collection mm -hmm. to <clears throat> kind of address a bit more that uh, what was going on, you know, politically. And also I was able to add a couple uh, pieces that reflected you know life during quarantine and things like that so had the book been released in september you know it would have had definitely a a bit of a different feel than it does now so i am actually grateful for that extended period of time where some people might have been like oh no i have to wait you know mm -hmm. i'd been playing a waiting game since you know my first poetry collection came out. So I was like, eh, a few more months isn't going to matter and it's only going to make the book better. 
and and to your point, it's sort of like the the book told you that um, it wasn't ready yet. In other words, there were, uh, you know, the moment. Uh, I think poetry being drama and drama being poetry uh, means that you know theater is the most sort of practical of art forms. It's you get your ingredients together and that's what you've got. And so since you had those months in between, you had this sort of performative opportunity to just create new poems for that moment, for that instant. So in that sense, it it all came together, and yeah. those were the those were the icing on the on the on the cake. Yeah, um, it really was. And, and, you know, and, yeah, go ahead. No, I just was going to say, um, uh, some of that icing was some pretty, um, pretty gruesome icing, right? On that, <laughs> yeah. on that cake. <laughs> yeah, there was some <laughs> gruesome icing for everyone to have to endure <laughs> during, everyone was having to like lap up some pretty gruesome icing during 2020. But uh, yeah, it just, it was, you know, that that period of time just being here at home and just, you know, and that's something I want to, I would love to speak to you all about, you know, before we wrap things up, just how things yeah. have been going for you all, you know, how quarantine's been affecting your writing one way or the other. But yeah, it really gave me a benefit of being able to be more <clears throat> reflective and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I was trying to say is that, um, you know, because you are a, a spoken word uh, artist. And also I just think all poems are sort of about the moment, right? That's yeah. kind of what poetry is, uh, a transmission of the of the now. And so yeah. um, in that sense, those months, September to January, what you had uh, were those months and, and the things that were transpiring in those months. Um, and, and so, they sort of were uh, uh, the kind of the the ending frame for the for the for the whole book. So yeah, yeah. And so it's this is some way it was serendipitous. Yeah, and this is something Heather <laughs> that you and I spoke about, and you know I would love to hear your thoughts. That luxury of time also gave me a chance to feel how certain poems lived in my body because mm -hmm. you know I would kind of walk around my little apartment here and kind of going through some of the pieces. And for me, I do a lot of editing by speaking the words, you know, and mm. if things sound clunky on the tongue, mm -hmm. uh, I can either then go back to the page and edit. And uh, so use my voice, use my body to kind of embody the piece, hear how it sings when I say it out loud, mm -hmm. use those as editing tools. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, some poems just won't work if it just doesn't live inside me, if it doesn't sound the right way. It's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, gone. Mm -hmm. And I know you as a performance artist, Heather, Heather, and I've seen you, you know, embody your words. I mean, how how is it for you with, like, how you go from writing to embodying work to putting it out into the world? Well, I guess for me, it's almost like the occasion, the occasion, um, demands uh, that I show up, you know, and then that's when all of the words and the and all of it comes together. That's when uh, it's almost like my body is the glue, you know, that puts all the different pieces together um, yeah. and makes it one, makes it, you know, e pluribus unum, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this leads me to my next uh, my next question here. Um, we're going to just talk for a little minute and then we're going to open it up to yeah. fabulous Gail Brandeis yeah, yeah. and Jay Ryan. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, we just kind of wanted to get a few questions over the transom of, of the fabulous Richard Ferguson <laughs> before he pays too much attention to everybody else. Um, so yeah, I mean, about that performer's body and I, I feel like the body is very present in, in your poetry, the, 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 the rhythms of the body, um, the worker's body. I had a friend once uh, say, you know, don't tell me you don't use your body to make money. Everybody uses their body to make money. Even the executive sitting behind the desk all day is using his body to make money. And so um, I'd like to talk about that in, in, in the work in terms of like the body the body of work kind of also comprising the worker's body yeah, and, yeah. and the performance body and how that is almost like the bridge to those two bodies. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about the sort of the performance body first. And, you know, I've been hearing like usually when I perform, I'll memorize pieces and I because I don't like to hold paper when I'm performing. But here, you know, here online, and we've been doing this for, gosh, almost a year now. It's like that impetus to memorize pieces when I can just have them on my computer screen and sort of cheat and look, because it kind of feels like a cheat sheet <laughs> and things. Uh, that that desire to memorize has not been as, as hungry as when mm. it's like, okay, you got to go perform in public. You really need to have this stuff memorized. So at a certain point, I was feeling like I was kind of like losing my edge with like memorizing work into the body. So mm -hmm. I uh, uh, I started getting into like uh, like memory training, and I've been doing like an online memory training and reading this one book. Uh, called, it's like Moonwalking with Einstein or something, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things that the memory training talks about, and it's kind of what I was sort of doing intuitively when I would memorize, but kind of storing uh, parts of your work, assigning them into like different places mm. in the body or with different gestures. Like if I'm memorizing a, a particularly long piece, I might have a gesture. And for those of you listening on podcast, I'm sort of doing a kind of a flick of my hand right now. But that flick of my hand might, like it's a muscle memory that would carry mm. me. It would sort of be the signal in my head mm. that's like, these are the starting lines for this next huge chunk of the poem. Mm. And that one movement of the hand launches you into the next section and then the body can the body and mind kind of work together to get mm. you through that next section and then the muscle memory kind of remembers what the next gesture is mm. you know i do that and then it kind of so i'm very fascinated by that that whole thing about like when memorizing or whatever mm -hmm. whether it's poems or whatever like you can like if you are actively doing it you can have parts of your right and that's how they you know uh, like back in the ancient days, you know, Greeks and stuff, when, you know, before they had writing, they would like memorize things and mm -hmm. tell these stories through the ages and, mm -hmm. you know, commit these things to memory. So really fascinated by that. So beyond that, you know, there's, there's the working body that, as you all know, 
you know, that the body that literally has to sit down and sit in one place and be committed to that working body, just working on the work, which requires us to spend many hours just being in one place and committing ourselves to being in that place mm -hmm. and just, you know, like Jay Ryan was saying before the podcast started and he can talk about, but you know, he's working religiously at his latest book every day. And, you know, we as writers, that's our, a lot of our working body, just committing ourselves to being in that chair and working away. And it sounds like though, pacing back and forth and putting it through your body, it's almost like your, your body is, is the next draft your body is the next is a word processor right <laughs> that's a beautiful way of saying yeah, that's actually a really beautiful way of saying it because once i have something on the page i have to be moving to memorize like i'm either mm. having to go for walks mm. or you know sort of assigning mm -hmm. certain parts of a piece to a gesture or something so i have to be moving mm -hmm. when i'm writing i'm sitting and working but once like you said it goes to that next step I have to be moving around mm -hmm. and maybe it actually comes into your body first and then you have to sit down uh -huh. and channel it through and you know another it's almost like this back and forth right yeah. i mean that's that's also for me i don't know about you but sometimes i have to i i i, I there's a tactile thing to writing writing with the pen and then it goes then you, you type it in and then that's another thing and it used to be different back with the old typewriters with the nice staccato yeah. sound Those and great sounds. you couldn't redo it you just had to deal with the typos sometimes the typos were better than the original writing yeah <laughs> um okay and um just um also i memorized by image 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 picture picture it's all picture stories and um so i wanted to just touch on all the imagery and all that sort of uh uh, the symbols and the sensuals, the sensuals in, in your work, um, the flowers, the blood, the signage, um, the shops in the malls, the advertisements, all this whole sort of mix of, of the sacred, dare I say, slightly Catholic, my dear. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> um, that's yeah, recovering Catholic, yeah. Yeah, once a recovering Catholic, always a recovering. Yeah, um, and and, and the, um, um, the profane, of course, and especially sort of the Hollywood um, advertisement, you know, you know, buy this blender kind of. Right. <laughs> so it's, there's always kind of like, um, I don't know, an infomercial playing in the back there sometimes. In, well, in I did major work. in advertising in public relations <laughs> in college, so I guess that's like, ah, uh -huh. yeah, um, uh -huh. Well, so yeah, I just like to talk about the selection, the se because I think there's a, there's a selection, you yeah. know, we're all selectors. And so I think it's the way that all of these um, different colors and, and images and sensuals in your work, the way that they bump up against one another that makes the work that makes, you know, makes the poetry powerful. So I just want to like, ask you what's What's with that weave? You yeah, know? Um, that's that's yeah. a good question. That's a really good question, actually. Um, I think it, a lot of it comes from some of that, you know, lapsed Catholic stuff. Definitely a lot of the kind of any, you know, religious iconography or whatever that comes from strains of that. Also, many years of playing music, so musical references that come and go a lot of that is kind of through that strain of me i also 
until I was about 12, lived in North Carolina, and I was really fascinated by uh, the folklore of the South and listening to people tell ghost stories and things like that. So mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of that 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 has stayed with me and mm. that sort of haunting and, you know, haints and yeah, I, I'm just so, I love that, just, yeah, folklore and things like that. So I think some of that kind of Im imagery has kind of stayed with me. And, you know, uh, LA, you know, which is just imagery everywhere. And, you know, I had a love-hate relationship with LA when I first came here from San Francisco. I told myself I'd give it a year, lasted nine months, and I was like, I'm out of here. I disliked LA so much I bought a one-way ticket to London and I was just like I'm gone uh, but eventually worked my way back and really fell in love with the place and once I kind of made my peace with LA and just told myself this is where I needed to be that's where I allowed like all the imagery to start coming in and I found that some you know pieces of mine that I really liked were inspired by LA and just when I allowed myself to kind of the imagery to kind of come in and reflect upon it but mm -hmm. you know that's that's a really interesting question and you know for the sake of time i would like to you know give this question to you mm -hmm. heather but but also to to gail and jay ryan since we haven't heard much from them yet if i just think this is such a, a wonderful question you've asked heather as far as like like that storehouse of images or if you feel that you you like in your writing if you you find that you're coming back to certain themes or certain imagery keeps popping up in your writing or whatever uh gail or jay ryan do either one of you want to start sure gail. and i just want to say how delighted i am to be here to celebrate your beautiful book rich Thank you. and to talk with all of you this book is so gorgeous i love the mix of you know the the celebratory and the, the gruesome icing, as you talked about before, <laughs> and just how all of it is so mm -hmm. life affirming. It's all so deeply observant and all, you know, ultimately really about being awake and being alive. And Thank you. I love it. So I'm, I'm so happy to be here talking with all of you. Yeah. Um, in terms of imagery that that keeps returning in my own work, I find fruit, <laughs> it, just, it just keeps returning over and over again, the juiciness of that. I can't seem to let go of um, birds, mothers, <laughs> milk, um, the body. You, know, you were both talking about the body earlier and that's so central to my own work. Yeah. And um, so yeah, these, these images do keep coming up. And when that happens, I, um, I have to ask myself, Am I, you know, falling into old grooves? Am I stuck in a rut? Or are these really potent images that I need to keep returning to because there's something in them that I need to keep unpacking? And so often that's a revision question, you know, returning and saying, you know, there's another plum in my poems. <laughs> Do I need to take this plum out because I have too many plums already? Or is there something I can plum within the plum? Oh, no pun nice. intended. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just see whether there's some sort of archetype that that needs to be explored more thoroughly. Yeah. What about you, Jay Ryan? 
Oh, first of all, I want to um, second everything that Gail uh, just said at the top. It's an honor to be here with uh, you and Heather and, and Gail. And uh, um, really nice to be here celebrating your book. Yeah, and thanks. I also want to second everything that Heather said about, uh, I'm sorry, that Gail said about the book, but also add that it's also extremely entertaining. And I don't think we can understate the value of that. Um, I mean, your book certainly will pl will plumb readers into uh, depths of their own uh, understanding perception, but it also make them laugh their asses off. And I think that's coming from that's you. That's how phrase because <laughs> I so love your sense of valid is yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, not always the um, what's the word the 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 first line in a description or a summary of a book or the one that I think publicists or editors might think will sell a book, but I, I, I enjoy it and I value it. And thank you for bringing that uh, to poetry and literature. And you do it in your performances as well. There are such a nice mixture of, of, of emotions that um, um, it's, um, I don't know, I like, I, it's something I aspire for in my own work. And going to that, I think probably the themes that come up the most for me are um, based on the fact that all my books are written for my mom who uh, died 15 years ago. So um, they're all attempts to keep her alive. Um, and as such, each book, whatever the apparent subject matter is, is really um, another step in a grief process and um, a recounting of um, my own experience with loss and um, telling the stories of uh, the provisional families that emerged in my life at various points to uh, bridge that gap. Yeah, you had mentioned before we started the podcast talking a little about your uh, your suit, you know, eventually to be released next novel. I was wondering if you could maybe share with the listeners a little of what you were talking about, you know, what it's going to be about, what's going on right now with where you are with things. Well, that's that's very kind. Um, yeah, at present, I'm working on my third book, which is currently titled Saturday Night at the Lakeside Supper Club. And it's set in uh, the upper Midwest, once again, as a lot of my books are, and well, as all of them are, <laughs> a lot mm -hmm. of them. That's <laughs> uh, all two of them so far are. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's set mostly in, in restaurants, which has been difficult because I haven't gone to any. <laughs> uh, I've, I've managed to do the research for this book entirely over email and phone conversation. Um, I luckily was able to get in a little bit uh, last, uh, well, two years ago now, in 2019, when I was in the Midwest touring for Lager Queen. But since then, it's been a dry well in terms of boots on the ground experience for obvious reasons. So mm. I've had to be very content with inhabiting my own memory in terms of stocking the descriptions that inhabit this narrative. Actually, I don't want to steer things too much in a different direction, but this really kind of fascinates me. I'm curious, do you think the way you're writing about restaurants now being in quarantine maybe has a certain nostalgia or a certain essence that it wouldn't have had you just been able to go to these restaurants in person or? I, yeah, I think it's quite likely. I think it's gotta be a different book than it would have been 
in a non-pandemic year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, would you say the same is true of your work? I mean, you're literally about to publish uh, a collection that was partially written during the pandemic. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, kind of like what Heather was saying earlier. You know, just this time in the pandemic definitely allowed me extra time to reflect on the times that I wouldn't have had. Well, that a lot of that also had to do when the book was released. But yeah, definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. You know what I would love is uh, I and just because I'm so fascinated to hear like how other people interpret my work, I would be so honored if each of you could maybe read a poem from my collection, because I would love to hear how other people interpret them. Yes, that's wonderful. Uh, who would like to go first? <laughs> Gail, would you like to read one? Sure, I'd be happy to. And the poem that I chose to read is Not on Your Grave. Um, you know, just coming back to the body, I have a background in dance. Um, my undergraduate degree is actually in poetry and movement as arts of expression, meditation, and healing. And you know, my desire is to write in a way that's as muscular as dance and dance in a way that's as articulate as as language, and I feel like Rich captured that beautiful balance throughout the, the collection, but I especially love this poem. So this is called Not on Your Grave. The most joyful moment of the tale is when the woman says to the man, I will dance with you now, not on your grave. The most joyful moment of the song is when the melody hymns to the listener, I will dance with you now, not on your grave. The stranger standing in the shadows that seems to be wielding a gun, but is really a heart on his sleeve, as he says, I will dance with you now, not on your grave. The most joyful moment is when the child says it to a parent, when the moon croons it to the tired and lonely driver, when all our ghosts bundled in the flesh of the moment reach for our hand and offer, teach us how to dance. Thank you, Gail. That was uh, really thank you. So Heather, getting back to your other question, we had ghosts in there, so that's, tra mm. that's tracing, back yeah. to the, uh, tracing back to the South. We had uh, um. the music in there. Uh, and things so, like that. Yeah, so, I'm just so glad that Gail read that one. Uh, I know. I, I loved it. And I yeah. love that you studied dance, Gail. That's amazing. How about you, Jay Ryan? Yeah, uh, going uh, back to what I added to Gail's comments on, on, on your collection, I chose a humorous poem. Um, cool. And I, I, I also add this real quick. I was um, one class short of double majoring in performance art at Northwestern. So I also, <laughs> like everyone uh -oh. here, <laughs> um, saw a great value in integrating physical performance and written text. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, those of you who have seen, I've yet to see Heather in person, but uh, stupendous readers and we know from our personal histories attending literary events that it's not always common enough. <laughs> so the writers who who care enough for that audience to um, think about how they come across physically, uh, 
I think are real treasures. So thank you all. Um, yeah, thank yeah you. but without further ado, I'm going to read just a few of my childhood misunderstandings. That seahorses were horses with gills and good posture. That Superman's crotch bulge was due to rocks in his shorts. That Transylvania was really Pennsylvania, <laughs> only with vampires. That making love meant creating something extra special for your mom in art class. That giving someone the middle finger meant chopping off your own finger and giving it to someone that really pissed you off. That people shopped naked in strip malls. That when girls complained about their periods, they were super upset about their punctuation. That every step I took involved the risk of encountering cartoon quicksand. Nice, thank you, Jay Ryan. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Those are wonderful. It's so interesting hearing, <laughs> hearing my writing interpreted by others. I really love this. This this is great. What about you, Heather? Well, um, yeah, I I just have a thing for the summer of South Jersey house parties. Oh, cool. <laughs> I want, oh, and maybe I can't because I love characters and it is so, I just see all the people. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just put on a very light, probably bad and inaccurate New Jersey accent because okay. I tried reading it out loud great. without one and it just doesn't great. work. I can't wait. <laughs> um, the, the summer of South Jersey house parties. Riding a rabid twist on a blackout boogie down, it was the summer of South Jersey house parties. Bong blasts and tequila shots till cross-eyed. One too many Long Island iced teas mixed with one too many long looks at someone else's girlfriend, the recipe for a fist fight. Those parties, beer-bellied, tobacco-chewing pineys, boozing elbow-to-elbow -elbow with dino waitresses, divorcees, ex-cons, slutty ex-cheerleaders, and clean-cut recent high school grads like me, getting our first real taste of the raw-boned wild side. Always a muscle car or two parked on dirt lawns, tangled in those back seats, Long, lean girls, pregnant with reckless desires. Muscled thugs, black cats stalking their psyches. Sweat-soaked savage lovers hopped up on black beauties and black Sabbath. Bone knocking to sabotage, windows fogged. Those parties, every Saturday night, we have itchy minds and feet hearts hurling bricks through glass walls of inhibitions, danced gangly limbs akimbo inside cigarette and water stain walled shotgun shacks, juiced on Jack and the DJ's playlist. We brushed up against the opposite sex like sticks rubbing together, sparking fires, burning hips, burning hopes, burning the hours away to cheap trick, Blondie, Springsteen, kisses tasted of Stoli, Banaka, Marlboro, hand jobs, blow jobs, illicit affairs and shadowy backyards, the moon washed night air wreathed any wrongdoings in hibiscus and cricket symphonies. Our collective exuberance synonymous with our fashion sense. Badass bomber jackets, brightly colored short shorts, frilly bras stuffed with tissues and socks, Led Zepp t-shirts, sleeves hacked off. 
the summer of South Jersey house parties. Some like me would soon go off to college, still others to trade school or the military. The rest remained stuck in town, drunk and stumbling from one house party to the next, dancing to Skinner, Stevie Wonder, Donna Summer. Last dance, last chance for love. Yes. <laughs> Woo. So. Wow. Thank you, Heather. That was no. so great. Do you have a, uh, like a lightning round question or two for everyone? Um, well, just sort of like to take the pulse of, of the moment of, uh, you know, like, like your question has been, what's it been like um, being on lockdown? Uh, I guess all of us are in varying degrees of lockdown, depending on what's going on in our lives. But what, what you start? Been like writing? Um, right. Well, um, I just spent a lot of um, time watching cable news <laughs> and freaking out. Um, I actually started the whole lockdown thing uh, doing this like giant international reading of my 12 hour, you know, 12 episode thing with 91 artists. So that was great. Then I got really fucking depressed and, um, and kind of paralyzed. And, um, and then um, I um, just got really, 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 really into watching Outlander. And so then I sort of started getting fascinated by the whole Outlander community and all of the fan sites and all of the people that were just talking about it and all the people that were writing critical essay books about it. And anyway, so then I sort of started writing about that and um, that I've sort of created this fan site fiction where I'm making up a novel about the people who have fan sites about Outlander. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so in a way that was like, the, the, but to me, it's about kind of to what Jay Ryan was saying about being um, in this imaginative place where there are these like windows that pull you into stuff, you know, and, and sort of how our imaginations sustain us, help us disassociate and also actually bring us back to confront reality. Oh, that's beautiful. What about you, Gail? What's going on? Oh, gosh, I feel like I have finally gotten my writing energy back after many long months. I, um, I got pretty sick kind of early in the quarantine process um, with presumed COVID. I couldn't get a test until I've been sick for over a month and have continuing stuff going on from it all these months later. Um, and part of that whole experience came with a lot of brain fog. And I wasn't sure I'd ever write again, which was scary because writing has been at the core of my identity since I was four years old. And I was just kind of in this haze and it's been clearing and I've been finding joy in the writing process again, which has been lovely, especially because the last two books I wrote were pretty heavy. Um, the memoir about my mother's suicide and then the novel and poems narrated by the girls and women who were murdered by Countess Bathory. So wow. not really light um, material. And I'm finding that my, my writing is moving into strange places now, more speculative places, which I guess 
you know, since the last book was narrated by ghosts, I had sort of leaned in that direction, but um, it's been fun just to see what weird things are emerging now that the, the fog has cleared a bit. Yay, fog lifting. How about you, Jay Ryan? Uh, Brooke and I had a one, I had a baby in December, 2019. So I've got a 13 month old now. Um, and that's yeah. been very um, all consuming in good ways. So um, it's really dominated my emotional infrastructure. I certainly the um, uh, pandemic, the quarantine have affected us a great deal, but I think being home alone with our with our small child for the last um, you know thirteen plus months has been ideal in some ways. Um, we're in any in any case, we're making the best of it, and we're both getting a lot more uh, time with with uh, baby Audie than than we would have. Yeah. I would have gone on a paperback tour last summer, and although I would have liked him to come with, I don't know how practical it would have been, even in a normal year. And instead now I think there's, you know, Brooke and I have seen him every day. You know, there's never, we've only had a babysitter for him once. Um, and that was, you know, like February, 2020. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 it's been something um, watching the, watching this, this young human take in the world and uh, translate it for us. So yeah, it's hard for me to um, look upon the pandemic uh, outside of that filter. Yeah. 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 I think, um, just yeah, to take Heather, the reins, just to take the reins back as a yeah. kind of final thought and whatever other final thought you were about to say. Um, so uh, what's up with you? How are you rich? Like how's the moment? Well, I'm, I'm, what's the pulse of your know, moment? I'm teaching online, you know, I'm teaching, uh, fifth grade. So that's, uh, and gosh, you know, Come this March, it'll be a, a year of teaching online. So that's been a whole other world. And, you know, it's it's really tough for the students, you know, because they're like sitting in their rooms and they're surrounded by their toys and different things. And, you know, some of the students, it's it's really difficult for them to, to focus, understandably, because some of them are just lying around in bed and uh you know so it's it's challenging but you know we're all making the best of it and some of the students i really just admire their their focus and their tenacity and they show up and they're going above and beyond the call of duty with uh getting their work done and it's i really look forward to seeing them in person you know again i don't you know and i have no idea when that'll be but that you know kind of like what jay ryan was saying with with having a child, you know, and I have a four-year-old daughter, uh, but you know, my students are, you know, they're kind of like my 27 children <laughs> that I see regularly every day. And, and, you know, so that takes a lot of time and energy, but it's good. It, I would say, you know, my students are definitely one of the things that have really kind of helped to keep me grounded during the quarantine, you know, because mm -hmm. there is that kind of regular thing of, seeing them every day, checking with them every day. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's been really, it's been really good. While it's, it's a lot of work, it's good work and I'm grateful to be working and, uh, you know, and then 
write a, write around I writing as in writing poems and stuff. I write mm -hmm. around kind of that schedule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, yeah. I've I've developed a at home yoga practice, <laughs> which is great. That keeps me sane. So yeah. Yeah, well, what a spectrum there from um, struggling with illness and body and birth and baby and, um, and you know, raising your poems up as you uh, sort of try to educate and raise up these, these children. Yeah. Well, we're, we're all doing, doing our part, you know, to elevate, to raise, raise families, raise the word. <laughs> it's all good. Well, y'all, if you're listening, you got to go out and get that book of poems right away. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to go out and get uh, Gail's books and, and Jay Ryan's books. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been doing a lot of reading and I hope all you have too. Yeah. Maybe real, real quick, go around. Where can people find you all online and everything, Heather? Uh, why don't we start uh, with Gail? Okay. Let us know. Oh, Where sure. Um, find you. Yeah, they can find me at my website, um, gailbrandes.com, G-A-Y-L-E-B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S, and social media under the same name. So I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Cool. Jay Ryan? Same here. Not a lot of Jay Ryan straddles out there. Uh, J-R-Y-A-N-S-T-R-A-D-A-L.com and uh, social media, same tags. Yeah, I'm at rich dash ferguson.com there's a there's a well-known magician named rich ferguson so i think he's maybe <laughs> like a google couple google hits above me so if you do rich ferguson do rich ferguson poetry someone once wrote me and they were like i didn't know you did magic and i'm like i it's not that rich ferguson man <laughs> you do do magic though, rich <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah he's a very nice guy though we've actually been in touch but yeah i'm on facebook Instagram, blah, 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 blah. What about you, Heather? Same thing. Heather Woodbury, bury in the ground, not like the berry. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to pop back in. Um, thank you all so much. This has been a, a treat and a delight. And um, it's really wonderful to hear you all celebrating Rich's work. It's so generous of you all to, to have read his work for him. Um, I know that's a dream of mine someday. I'd love to have a bunch of friends sit around and read my work to me. So. Um, <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Um, before we go, is there anything else you all want to say? Any other, you know, thoughts or um, upcoming events our listeners should know about? Heather, do you have any current things that are going to be coming up with those productions you spoke about? Um, well, you can check out as the globe warms as the globe warms panel palooza. Dot com. I may, I may, um, that's, that's, you can still obtain uh, the videos of those if you choose. Otherwise you can uh, check that out. I may, I may do it again, kind of like a Bloomsbury until climate action actually happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a Bloomsday event, not Bloomsbury, Bloomsday. I'm getting senile. Yeah. Jay Ryan, <laughs> Gail, do you have any events coming up? Yeah, I've got a, uh conversation with author Sarah Langan uh, next Thursday uh, with a run for cover bookstore out of San Diego. She's the author of the new book, Good Neighbors, which is absolutely wonderful. Nice. Gail? 
And the very same day, next Thursday, I'll be in conversation with Andromeda Romano Lax and her amazing new novel, Annie and the Wolves, which is um, a time travel book about Annie Oakley. And Ooh. it's amazing. And I actually had the opportunity to play Annie Oakley in um, a community production of Annie Get Your Gun. It's how I met my <laughs> husband. He was my co-star. And um, so I'm excited to talk with her about that. Nice. Actually, that very same day, I will be in conversation with myself here at home. So uh, <laughs> you don't have to tune in. <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should. <laughs> no, I, uh, I have little things coming up from time to time, but nothing I need to plug right now. All right. Well, thank you all again. Uh, Rich, Heather, Jay, Ryan, Gail. Uh, it's, it's been great having you here on the podcast. I hope we get to have like a real party in person uh, very soon. Hopefully maybe this fall. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Yeah. So thanks again, everyone. Thank you, Skylight, Maddie, Heather, Jay, Ryan, Gail. I'm truly honored. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care, All right. everyone. And get out there and get your copy of Everything is Radiant Between the Hates by Rich Ferguson. We've Moon got it in our we've got it on our website, skylightbooks.com. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon. I see.